Hello and welcome to Tipsy VP, episode 5th July 2019, a weekly show where we share tips and tricks on how to improve your social media. Tipsy VP is brought to you by Virtual Peddlers Marketing, the digital marketing agency that helps small businesses go digital. My name is Sean. And I'm JK. This week's weekly tipsy, three frequent Facebook marketing problems. Uh, it's kind of a, a troubleshooting thing. You <laughs> see, you have a Facebook page, but you realize that nobody's engaging with it. No matter how many content you post, nobody is taking any notice. And you feel as if you're wasting money on it, despite all everyone says about it being a goldmine for customers. Mm -hmm. If this is your problem, this episode of Tipsy VP is for you. If it isn't, listen anyway. (laughs) You may have some ideas that can help you improve your already performing Facebook marketing strategy. Number one, if you have no post engagements, You've tried every suggest, everything suggested by people, changing your post times and days, different types of posts, still swatting flies. <laughs> so these could be your struggles. First one is that, do you, the question to ask is, do you know your audience? Before you say, I've been doing this for all so many decades, I know my customers very well. Let's just take a step back and suggest running an audience insight to be sure. You may be right, but there also may be some things that you miss. There may be some small group of people that you miss or some changes that happen because over the years, customers and their behavior changes, Yep. right? So, uh, and this is a good way to kind of update yourself. Um, if your content isn't getting engagement, so this may be the issue, right? Mm. So how we do it is from your ads manager, hover over all tools on the left side, and click on audience insights. Then select people connected to your page. And then on the left side, you make all the necessary uh, filtrations on the tab of the following page. This includes things like the country of your interest, age groups, interests, and more. From there, you'll be able to see the demographics of the potential audience and what they are interested in. This includes the age, where are they from, it also includes what kind of interests, like what kind of other pages they follow, how many times they they engage with the pages they follow, the posts or the pages they follow. So it kind of works as a quite an interesting profiling of your audience. Uh, this information will help your marketing team figure out how to draft narratives and captivating visuals and captions. Mm-hmm. How I interpret this is also including that, let's say for example, if we have a group of people who are also following a lot of bargain hunting, uh, bargain hunter pages, okay, like cheap goods, uh, shop bag, shop bag, or you know whatever, then if your audience is that kind of people, then you need then your your entire narrative for your for your content needs to focus around how many percent discount, cheap stuff, you know. Uh, sales, limited discounts, referral fees, they they are attracted to these things. Mm. But instead, if there are also people who are in, if there are a group of people who are interested in expensive goods, then you need to sell the emotion, the value. Mm. How will buying your product help them increase their life value, their self-activation, a self-actualization life value, how, how it makes them look with their friends. Mm. <laughs> so it's a different kind of Next up, creating the right content. There's a saying that insanity is when you keep doing the same thing over and over again. 
and expecting a different result. There's a chance that the kind of content you're creating simply isn't speaking to your audience. Or maybe it's just something that used to work before it, and now it is not working anymore. Always have a fresh perspective of new angles and stories to tell. Start by keeping a close eye on your competitors or brands that are successful on social media and emulate some of their tactics. You can also just ask your audience what kind of content they want to see, but this could also prove a, cha a challenge if they're not seeing your content at all. So yeah, I think this point whereby, you know, like maybe it, it used to work before and now it's not working anymore. Yeah. I think this point is really, really good. It's like, let's just say throwback 10 years ago, Snowflake, yeah. where it was very hype and everything is about yeah. the tarot balls and everything. If they were to sell the same thing again, yeah. it's not going to work anymore. Already. Yeah. But if they change their, if they change their way towards how people is engaging things like, for instance, tarot, boba ball. Yeah. <laughs> then, you know, then they might gather back that traffic they, again. Then they can be relevant again. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. So this kind of thing, needs, they need to need to change. Lah. Yeah. And sometimes also, the way people consume content also change. Mm. For example, uh, let's say, for example, I can take this as a very good, uh, good classic example, right? Uh, there are a lot of classic horror movies mm -hmm. in the world, like, uh, like Birds, uh, Psycho, it, Pet Cemetery. If we watch these movies now again, right, we will feel as if a lot of these horror styles are very cliche. Mm -hmm. It's been done before. But what we don't know is that although it's been done before by other horror producers and directors, they actually were the ones who created this concept. Mm, correct. Uh, Psycho was the one that created the concept with that little sound, that, that, that sharp sound mm -hmm. to to show the fear and the excitement that, that, that you know, the, the anticipation of fear. Uh, everybody is doing it now, the whole violin thing, <laughs> but they were the ones who created it, who right? started it. Yeah. Transceptor. Um, Hitchcock was the one who started this thing. And so if you think about it like this, if, if we were to create a content that is so old, based on back in the psycho days, mm -hmm. we will, everybody will watch this and go like, oh, so old. Yeah. Everyone has done it before. So we have to come to the current time and use the concept of the current time and then add some, then we become original with air quotes. Mm, correct, correct. And also like, for instance, like remember last time, what was that movie ago? You know, like last time movie where everything was very properly shot and everything until there's one movie where they use the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's that? Which, which movie Blavish, came in? The Blavish, the Blavish Project. Before that, the first one, they got one first one, it was talking about zombie one. Oh, uh, record. Is it? I, I can't show what It was movie. a Spanish... It was a Spanish movie called Record, yeah. and then they converted it into English, the American version, which is Quarantine. Ah, Quarantine, yes, Quarantine, yeah. yeah. So, Quarantine was the first movie they ever used the concept of hand movement. Actually, it wasn't. Oh, it, it was the Blavish Project. Blavish Project. Yeah, is that the, the first? Yes, that was ah, the first. Okay, okay. And then, Quarantine wasn't as well. Quarantine was a remake of Record, which mm -hmm. is a Spanish version. That was the original one. I see. Okay, yeah. okay. So, so that's, what, that's where it got the hype. Yeah, la. Then so, everyone started to follow. Yes. Actually, a lot of people were already, some people were already doing like handheld uh, video format, but mm -hmm. it wasn't very famous mm -hmm. until the Blavish project started. Okay. And then it became one of the formats that people liked it. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you able to do that without making me feel like what a puke? Yeah, yeah dizzy and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, very dizzy. Then it gets better. Then there is this other one as well where uh, it's shown through the CCTV where 
can't remember. I think some Facebook, Facebook killer. No, no, no. It was another horror movie where it, all the scenes were shot from a CCTV camera in the room. Uh, the, the, the one that they pulled the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember the bed. So, those were quite interesting concepts as well. But sometimes these concepts can work once, twice. It can't work after. Mm, you, know? you, you, need to, you need to see the time also. Like, yeah. like, you, need, you need to see okay, how many people have have done this before. Yeah. Then yeah. It, it's like it's like, it's like top market. Yeah. <laughs> you buy during you do you enter during the low price. During not the low, yeah. Not the high where everyone's buying. It's it. like a superhero movie, like, you know. Now you create another superhero movie. If it's not as good as Avengers, nobody's gonna watch it. Yeah, it's like people yeah. are people are setting a benchmark there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Next up. Um high engagement. This problem called high engagement, low conversion. Sometimes you will get so much buzz from your content, but they are just not giving you the ROI that you want. <laughs> well, not the one that you want. Sometimes even ROI at all. Right? So here are some problems you may be facing, which can be attributed to problematic funnel. The first one is content and product relevance. You may be too excited with creating valuable content that everyone is excited to watch. You're like super good at storytelling. But they have nothing to do with your product or service. So your audience ends up just consuming your content without knowing that you're even trying to sell something. <laughs> All right. For example, if um, you are trying to, let's say, if, if you sell plants and you're talking about water bottles. Irrelevant. <laughs> totally irrelevant. Totally some, not something you're selling. And no matter how good you are in the, in the content, right, it doesn't spill over to your... Um, to your product itself. Mm. So this is problem. This is a problem with your funneling, which means that your sales, your marketing funnel from the awareness stage to the lead generation stage to the sales stage does not connect because you are not introducing what you want to sell and you're not selling what you want to introduce. So there is a disconnect in your funnel. Yeah, it's like introducing Harry Potter's book and then the end story of Harry Potter is it becomes alien. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, exactly. We're talking about witchcraft, why suddenly we got aliens? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'll take the next one as well. So you take point three. Sure. <laughs> is check the ad strategy. Maybe you're creating solid content that also include good sales videos, but you drop the ball on your final mile. The Facebook ads are not as insistent as they're supposed to be. Perhaps you're also not utilizing the remarketing tools on the ads manager. Mm -hmm. There's this one um, is the final mile of your sales funnel. You introduce it very well. You create a very good hype. Everybody wants to buy your stuff, right? Nobody knows where to get it. <laughs> okay, or, where now? Yeah. <laughs> or, or they see it the first time, but because you don't activate the remarketing, they, they only see it once. And yeah. we have to understand that people need to see something at least seven times before they make a decision to buy. Not to buy, you know, make a decision to buy. Mm. Some people even go to the extent of saying you need to see something at least 21 times before buying a product. So if you are just advertising on the first level without remarketing, right? Anybody who buys from you, uh, you're damn lucky that they're buying <laughs> something from you. Because if we want to buy something from Lazada or Shopee, we put it in a cart first and we wait. Because there is no urgency. And every single time you go to Instagram, you see a Lazada ad, right? And your product is there. Yeah. And it keeps reminding you, hey, you know. And hey, it's cheaper now. Oh, what the hell? I'm then gonna buy it. I decided I want to do it. Yeah. So that is the ad strategy to, to hit it through the, the final mile to make sure that everything that you create has the end goal inside. Yep, yep, correct. 
All right. So the third one will be high ads cost. The first mark, the first marker to all valuable ads is its ability to stay well below your acquisition cost. This is the measurement of how much it costs for you to obtain that customer versus how much profit they make you. For example, a bubblegum retailer cannot spend more than 30 cents to acquire a customer because their profit margin is very minimal. A real estate agent, however, can spend up to thousands acquiring a customer. This is important because even though you are not willing to spend the money on ads, your competitors will most likely be very willing to. So just to just by bidding on keywords, you are already in a losing game. Similarly, it doesn't make sense for you to spend more than you make selling bubblegum unless your strategy is to use it as your loss leader. So I think it's just about versus like how they are like quantity versus quality. Right? It's not a situation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. in a way, la, Yes, huh? in a way. But but whenever we run ads, you have to remember the cost per acquisition. So cost per acquisition CPA here is not the acquisition from the definition of Google and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Because from Google and Facebook's acquisition, if you do not place your tag manager and your pixel properly, acquisition just means someone going into your website. Mm. But if you actually place your tag manager properly, which is the, the checkout button, mm -hmm. that means someone actually buys something from you. And you need to also track how many things they buy from you coming from one ad. Mm -hmm. So if we look at the min bare minimum, right? By right, a company cannot spend more money acquiring that customer than how much the customer is about to sell, uh, is about to buy from 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 the brand. Mm -hmm. Let's say, for example, if I sell bubblegum, I make 30 cents per bubblegum sold. It cost me 50 cents to get that customer. So every customer who comes in, I lose 20 cents. <laughs> so if I don't have a, a strategy to use bubblegum as a loss leader, because <laughs> someone who buys, buys bubblegum will also kind of buy something else, mm -hmm. chances are I, I'm going to go go bankrupt no. just selling bubblegum. I'll be doing charity. Not yeah, just charity, yeah. not charity, slavery. slavery. <laughs> giving away something for every customer who comes in. Yeah, man. So that's not a good uh, and that's not a good strategy as well. Ah, but correct. Con conversely, if you have a very high quantum and high margin business like real estate, we have clients who make thousands, tens of thousands selling per property, which mm -hmm. means tens of thousands profit per acquisition, but they are not willing to spend 1,000 <laughs> to get 10 clients. On their, on their cost. Mm. So if they are not willing to, to spend 1,000 to, to, to look to get 10 clients, what's going to happen is everyone who is able to spend 10,000 to get 10 clients, so 10,000 to get 10 clients, 1,000 per client. If they make 10,000 per customer, mm -hmm. they will take back 9,000. That is their profit. Correct. Right? If you spend 1,000 for 10 customers, which means that you're only willing to spend 100 to acquire one customer, chances are you're just wasting your money advertising. You're burning that 1,000. You cannot compete with people who are more willing to, to spend more money. Correct. Yep. It's not very ugly. <laughs> right. Next up, check your ads. If your ads cost is off, it's time to check your targeting. Look at your audience timing of ad and most importantly the relevance of your ad relevance measures is if the ad is catching the attention of your audience at all it's no point measuring everything down to the dots but your ad copy and visuals are off the mark 
yeah, relevant score. This is uh, the, the, re- the recent relevant score that you're talking about. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. So it, there is one thing to talk about the, the numbers part, right? How many percent, how many percent, how many percent. But there is also this thing that we need to remember that when we are doing an advertisement, we are selling or we are trying to convince a human being mm-hmm. to buy something. And human beings are not numbers. They are also quite emotionally driven. And to be emotionally driven, to be able to cater to that person's emotion, your your advertisement captions and visuals must also hit the, hit the spot. Mm, correct, yeah. So I think, I mean, data is data one thing, because data is just one point of the entire generic, yeah. you know, so sum yeah. of games, the number games. So relevance ad would be a better data to see because that is the how they are like the, the the general big picture. Yeah. It, it also takes into account how many people are actually paying attention on your ad. That yes. is the most important thing. Like for example, remember McDonald's was it had this very Korean style advertisement? The K-pop drama one. Yeah, the yeah. K-pop drama one. So if you look at just the numbers, I think you and I fall in the same demographic, mm-hmm. same location, same demographic, about the same age group, right? Uh, so so technically if they were to put an ad out it will be able to hit the both of us. Mm, correct. But it didn't hit me because I'm not in the K-pop drama mm-hmm. kind of um, psychographic, the behavior, mm-hmm. I'm not there. So doing this, McDonald's would have lost, just in this room itself, they would have lost 50% of the customers. Yeah, <laughs> correct. If let's say it's only for two. Yeah, <laughs> let's just say, right? Let's just say yeah. in this room, they already hit a uh, miss 50%. So it hit you, but it didn't hit me. Just on the K-pop thing. So that is what we're talking about, the whole ad copy and visuals. Mm-hmm. Right, next up. The oh. last one is always be testing. There is no way to know if something works unless you test it against a control that doesn't. If you're telling me that your ad is expensive, compared to what? <laughs> right? You have to compare it to something else. If you're comparing it to your CPA, it's fine. But let's say if your cost per acquisition is lower than your profit, right? So you're already making money per customer. So if you're still if you're still complaining to say that ad is expensive, what are you comparing it to? Yeah. So you have to have something to compare it to. Always run A-B hypothesis testing to measure something. Only when you will be able to know, only then you'll be able to know what you're doing is correct. Mm-hmm. For example, McDonald's could have done, used the A-B testing. They could have been running two campaigns simultaneously. One is the K-pop, and another one may be Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. right? So then they will find that based on the same demographic, same group of people, 40% or 50% or 60% respond to K-pop and 40% respond to Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And then you get to know why this works. Your majority of your audience responds to what kind. And then if you find that, let's say, if you have to choose between the 60% and 40%, and you want to maximize the profit, you go for just 60% yeah, because correct. that is a better one. But that number can only be found when you do one round of testing. And advertisement is a good place to test. Yep, you need to always, always test first. Yeah. If you have the budget. Lah. <laughs> well, if you don't have the budget as well, because your budget is not to, to get clients, but your budget, well, not per se, not volume of clients. Optimizing but the budget. Your, but yeah, your budget can be optimized towards learning something. So. You don't care if you are, uh, you know, ROIing from your ad campaign, but most important, your ROI here is 
learning something, getting information. Oh, it's, I'm quite sure a lot of business owner is afraid of learning when the budget is very, very low. Well, <laughs> like, I got 1,000. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is not always about, like, you know, it's, it's that you don't have a brand and you don't have a product or your product nobody knows and you want to put 1,000 and expect someone to buy something from you. It doesn't work like that. Uh, <laughs> we can go on and on. I think yeah. we've done this for quite a long time. Quite many times already. Yeah. Our, our listeners are quite quite tired of listening to us coming back to the same thing. But the fact is, you are correct. You are very accurate. In this. So uh, let's recap this week's weekly tipsy. Three frequent Facebook marketing problems. Number one, no post engagement. In which the questions to ask is, number uh, first one is, do you know your audience? Using um, the audience insights to find out if you actually know your audience and if there are any difference between how you think they were and how they are now. Mm -hmm. Second one is creating the right content. Are you creating the right content to reach the right people? Number two, high engagement, low conversion. Problem number two, in which the questions to ask is that um, we're talking about content and product relevance. Is your content and product relevant to what you are selling or you are just creating content and you're not selling the right stuff. And also check in your ad strategy. If you're only doing one level of advertisement or if your entire ad strategy behavior is, is wrong, there's an error there, you're targeting wrong people selling the wrong stuff, or you're only doing one level and you're not doing remarketing, um, that is an issue as well. Mm -hmm. So your third problem being high ad costs. High ad costs could come from your advertisement as well, to check your relevance of your ad in terms of captions and visualize, uh, captions and visuals that may be off the mark. It can be also quantifiable stuff like your audience, timing of advertisement in terms of season. If you want to sell Raya stuff after, if you want to sell, let's say, uh, Baju Melayu after Raya, that's the wrongest time to ever sell <laughs> something. Uh, Baju Melayu to them. So, the timing is very important and relevance as well. And the final one on uh, high ad cost, it could also be that you're not testing. You're not figuring out um, what kind of content that you're giving out to your people. Like we said just now, McDonald's can run an ad uh, to the same group of people, JK and I, mm -hmm. and they can use, they can simply come out with the content that is K-pop drama and it completely missed me all together. Mm -hmm. If they were to come up with two, let's say K-pop drama and Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, <laughs> Game of Thrones would have hit me, K-pop drama would have hit him. That is the always testing thing. If they, if they would have tested it and they would know how many percent are K-pop drama people, how many percent are Game of Thrones people. Mm. Alright, that's all for this week. Tipsy VP Podcast is a part of Social Media Weekly and it's available on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and more. Our full videos are available on YouTube and we post bits and clips on Instagram and Facebook. This is Tipsy VP episode uh, 5th July 2019. My name is Sean. And I'm JK. Au revoir. Sayonara.